Okay, can I encourage you to bring your drinks to your chairs? We are going to get into this series, um, but just I want to just make a couple other comments, actually, uh, before we get there. This is kind of one of those Sundays where uh, we're just being home together. We are a community, uh, therefore there's just stuff that happens. And actually, when we gather together, that's the easiest way to uh, share some of the stuff that's going on. Um, one was just to say a, a massive well done and thank you to the guys who did Impact on Friday night, which was outstanding. So, well done, thank you. The other is, um, actually, there is another thing. But if you're like, trying to find a seat, sit over this side, because we're kind of this side heavy. We're, we're right side heavy today, so I feel like, you know, let's make these guys feel like loved. Sit over there, actually find your seats. Um, the other is that um, I know it's been a while since we've shared some things. We are moving from this venue on the 30th of April, as we've said all the way along, we are definitely moving. We know when, we don't know quite where. The not quite where, unfortunately, is still the case. Uh, we've got to a point with a building that uh, is quite phenomenal how it's all come around, uh, even down to a five and a half year old having uh, a picture from God and then drawing it and handing it to me and it seeming to be the building that we're investigating and in conversation with the landlords on. and it, feels like all of this stuff is, the momentum is there, and then about three weeks ago, it kind of hit the pause button, not to do with negotiation, but actually to do with a fire safety issue, a fire safety issue that uh, we as a team felt we were not going to compromise on. And to cut a long story short, at the moment, because of it being on the first floor, the access to it via staircases looks as though it limits legally the number of people who can be in the room to 100. Now, actually, you can get way more than that in there, but we operate legally. Therefore, we're in conversation with the landlords, and the landlords are looking to speak to city council in terms of building and fire rakes. Uh, the buildings inspectors think that there's quite an easy solution to it, which then get the capacity up to 300. Um, but in it, we will find out this Wednesday when the building reg guy and the fire reg guy or girl goes around to the building, whether that is the, or not the case. And therefore, I wanted to ask, can we pray? Can we pray that we get a clear yes or no this Wednesday? If it's no, what I want us to hear is that God's still in control. Where we meet, as we've always said, isn't what creates who we are. Who we are creates who we are. However, that in it, if it isn't going to be this place, I have to just rest in the fact then, well, God, you've obviously got something better. Uh, therefore, I want us to pray in faith and say, God, if this is you, your will be done and make this very clear on Wednesday. If it isn't you, make your will very clear and make it be a no. We don't want it paused anymore. We kind of need clarity. We're six Sundays today, so five Sundays time we move. Uh, it'll be our last Sunday here. I kind of know that's there. I promise you we will be meeting after that. Uh, it will not be the end of Oasis. But I ask you, as we've said, we're, we're in the journey together. And so can I ask you to please be praying for that? Um, let's get in the series then, because I tell you what's really important when you're living in uncertainty is that you keep Jesus at the forefront of your mind. And I think through the whole of this exercise, what I'm realizing is that it draws you in to just want to see more and more of God. And when you live of uncertainty, you just think, well, the one certainty I have got is you, God. And I want you, therefore, to fill more and more of my gaze because you become my anchor point. 
And today what we're going to look at as we look at this next part of John through these phenomenal 24 hours before Jesus is crucified, where we get to see the depths of who he was as God on earth, we get this incredibly intimate view in on the Trinity. And I want us to see that this morning. And, and if you like, it's a bit like what we've experienced today uh, as a community. And maybe there's been other times. Maybe you're here as a visitor and you think, man, I feel a bit on the edge sometimes. because It feels a bit weird. It feels like they're sharing things that feel quite intimate in them as a community. And I'm kind of left here thinking, should I really still be here? Is it okay for me to hear about Keith and Jackie? Is it okay for me to hear about them moving building? Well, yeah, we want you to be included in. Maybe it's not, we're a visitor here today. Maybe we've been around someone's house and we've been visiting them and suddenly they get a call and we realise that this call is big news for that family or for that individual. And we suddenly think, man, I I think I've probably outstayed my welcome. And we kind of try to make noises to move and, and, and they say, no, no, don't go anywhere. You're in. I want you in, in this moment. And what we're going to see is that Jesus wants us in, in an incredibly intimate moment, because he wants to reveal something about how the Trinity is, but also how we then get to relate to God, Father, Son, and Spirit. So I'm going to look at John 17 uh, this week, and then Mike's going to pick it up in two weeks' time, of the prayer of Jesus, unbelievable prayer. Someone comments uh, in terms of commentaries, one of the writers says this, he says, this is the pinnacle of all of the four Gospels. That's a statement, isn't it? Anyway, John 17, 1 to 19. After Jesus said this, he looked towards heaven and prayed. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you've given him. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I've brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me. In your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began, I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you've given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. And I'm coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. I'm coming to you now. But I say these things while I'm still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I've given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of this world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you would take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. And you sent me into the world. I have sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. 
There is so much in this passage. However, I want to hang it on this today within just under 20 minutes to hopefully get through it. I tell you what, when you're looking at revealing the whole of the Trinity and how we get pulled into it within under 20 minutes, you're already starting to feel like your heart's beating quite fast and God help me. Um, But I'm going to hang it on this. Love poured out allows us to dance. Love poured out allows us to dance. And how I want us to see that is what Jesus prays in verse 3, where he says this. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That word know is a phenomenal word. It doesn't just mean know in terms of I understand this intellectually. The, the know that's being spoken of here is that you comprehend, you observe, you see, but you also experience. It's a no of saying I've tasted and seen and seen that it's good. It's a no that says actually I've understood this firsthand for myself. I'm not taking someone else's word for it. And John wants us to see that Jesus prayed this, that God is inviting us in to know him in every way possible. And he wants us to know that knowing God is about eternal life. I don't know if you see that. Uh, I like equations. haven't done one for a long time in Oasis Church. So here's an equation for you. is isn't really an equation, is it? Eternal life equals knowing God. Simple as that. Eternal life equals knowing God. Jesus said it. Now, in that, isn't that Jesus therefore saying it's a kind of mystical kind of, kind of sense of transcendence, of knowing a, a greater being? Now, we're going to discover that it is about relationship. It is about something of substance, and it is about a life that goes on forever. But in it, we need to therefore understand that it's ultimately, though, about what Jesus says of knowing God. And therefore, we need to understand the God we get to know, which brings us to the dance. If we skip one slide. C.S. Lewis said this, in Christianity, God is not a static thing, but a dynamic, pulsating activity. Life, almost kind of a drama, almost if you would not think me irreverent, a kind of dance. C.S. Lewis was saying, if you look at who God is, God isn't just a single being. God is one who is a being who is Father, Son, and Spirit. That isn't in a static state of kind of, well, you've got the Father, the Son, the Spirit, and they're like, we're here, stood in a line. No, no, it's a, a moment of saying that this is a living being who's continuously seeking to orbit the other. As you've got this being that's continuously considering and orbiting the other, like in a dance that, I don't know, we've, I grew up in rave. That's what I grew up in. Some of you think, I don't know what rave is. Probably everyone in the room is, because you're either too young or too old. <laughs> it was the glory days of dance. <laughs> the, the problem with rave, though, is this, that rave was about me as an individual just dancing. I didn't care what anyone else was doing, so I'd stand there and go... Poof, I could carry on for about another four hours. And there was that. But the problem was that actually it didn't matter if anyone else is in the room. But there was a golden age of dance. The 30s. Or even before that. So you watch those, those film, those movies of Jane Austen, and they're all there, aren't they? You know, kind of doing their whatever it is, that dance, you know. 
And then it needs them to be involved with others. I don't know, maybe I was trying to get others along, so I'm not a big fan of it, but I think it helps us understand. You see, it's a kind of a dance like a Kaylee. Maybe that's why we do so many of them in Oasis. But a Kaylee involves orbiting others. It involves not me just standing still and saying, come on then, everyone dance around me. No, no, it involves a sense of everyone coming together and dancing around one another. And that's where it kind of all the collisions happen because you think, whoa, who's going to be doing what? And then if you're in a group with me, I haven't got a clue. So I'm just going anywhere I want thinking, why don't we just go... Doo, 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 doo. But, but in this, what we find is that God in his person is one who is in activity, who is continuously seeking to orbit. The Father is orbiting the Son, is orbiting the Spirit, is orbiting the Father, is orbiting the Son, is orbiting the Spirit. And you find that. And through this passage, Jesus allows this kind of view in of what does this dance look like? And he says, well, it's characterized by these different things. It's characterized by glorifying. Verse 1, that glorify your son, Father, that your son may glorify you. That what has always gone on, and we find that because Jesus says it in verse 4. He says, that, would you bring back the, the glorifying of me that I knew from the very creation, before the creation of the whole world? This is a glorifying that's been going on of, of a loving glorifying of, of one another, of serving, of honouring one another. That's always gone on throughout all eternity. The Father has always been honouring and serving the Son who's been honouring and serving the Father. The Spirit has been honouring and serving the Son who's been honouring and serving the Father. The Father's been honouring and serving the Spirit who's been honouring and serving the Son who's been... You see what I mean? So it's this continual sense of one another glorifying each other. And we see these moments. So Bill read one out where suddenly what's been going on where God dwells, heaven, invades earth. You find it at Jesus' baptism, Matthew 3.16, that the Father cannot help but just jump in and say, oh, this is what it's always been. I'm honouring the Son. This is my Son, whom I'm well pleased. Where's the Spirit? Oh, he's on the Son. This moment of the dance coming onto earth. We see it in the transfiguration where suddenly heaven invades earth again and you find that Jesus is there and there's Moses and Elijah and you think, what's going on there? And God said, well, that's not the important thing. This is a moment again of me invading and saying, this is what it looks like when we're glorifying one another. You've heard the son glorifying me, now I glorify him by saying, well done, good and faithful son, Matthew 17, 5. Keller puts it like this. If we go to the next slide, Tim Keller. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit, each centering on the other, adoring and serving them. And because the Father, Son, and Spirit are giving, glorifying love to one another, God is infinitely, profoundly happy. And has been in that state forever. And in a moment, we're going to see why that's so important. Anyway, that's the first thing. That we see this dance through the glorifying. Second thing, we see it through the oneness. So verse 4, so that they may be one as we are one. That oneness is about unity, wholeness, fully known. Because of time, we're not going to get time to experience everything that's going on here. I'm going to skip through some bits. So it's about unity, wholeness, being fully known, being complete. The Father, Son and Spirit, there is nothing hidden. That in the earth, we find this union that goes on in marriage. A marriage is meant to be a promise of being one to one another. What you often find, though, it's a promise of being one to another to discover being one, of opening up to one another throughout the rest of your life. And the different degrees that people do that. Now, that's going to be this picture of ultimately what's going on in God. 
of the oneness of God, who is actually something far greater than ever we see in marriage. Because often you find within marriage, there's still these hidden parts. Thinking, Can I really share that? In God, there is nothing hidden. The Father, Son, and Spirit are unified, but also know everything about each other. So it's oneness, but it's also about sharing this dance. The sharing, verse 10, all I have is yours and all you have is mine. That all means all. It's literally, what it is expressing is everything. Everything of the fathers is the sons. Everything of the sons is the fathers. Everything of the spirits is the fathers is the sons. It's like there's, a, there's nothing held back. There isn't that sense of, I've got my bank account, they've got their bank account. No, no, this is all in. Everything's mine is yours. I bet you're the father. Yeah, but you've got everything. There's an all in, a sharing of everything. But then there's also a working for glory. That's the last part of the dance. Verse four, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. Here's the problem with the word glory. We've already kind of seen glorifying, glorifying that honoring, serving. Glory, it feels a little bit spiritual, doesn't it? You feel like you shouldn't say it, glory. You should feel like you say, glory. <laughs> glory. <laughs> and as you hear it that way, you think, oh, it's going to be lights. Glory. I don't know what it is. It just sounds kind of magical. I don't know, maybe like J.K. Rowling would have probably put it in the pages and there was glory. <laughs> and you think, what is that? It's kind of there, isn't it? I'm trying to get after it. The glory. What is it? The glory. Um, there's, God's really clear about the glory. So you find in the Old Testament, Moses gets this moment. and says, God, would I see your glory? And God responds and says, oh, yeah, here you go then. Exodus 33, 18 to 20. And the Lord said, I will cause you to what? See all of my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no one can see my face and live. Now, we haven't got time to unpack this entirely. But here you go, in terms of glory, we find that glory has substance. Glory has substance because what it's about is the goodness of God. It's about the mercy of God. It's about the compassion of God. It isn't something that's out there we're trying to grab hold of. Where's the glory? No, no. God is glory working out throughout everything. And it's revealed through his goodness, his mercy and compassion. And therefore we see it in the life of Jesus. We see it through how Jesus lived on earth. Why? Because he revealed goodness, mercy, compassion. How many times do you read through the gospel accounts where it says, and Jesus filled with compassion and Jesus had mercy. What do you read that Jesus didn't do that wasn't good? See, that it's revealed through the death and resurrection of Jesus. That was the most greatest moment of God's proclamation throughout all ages of saying, this is my love for everything. This is my mercy, my compassion, my goodness expressed through the sacrificing of everything for everyone. In order that through the resurrection of Jesus everyone who centers their life on him can have lives filled with his glory, with his goodness, his compassion and mercy. Which means that in and through us and us knowing God, we get to be vehicles of revealing God's glory. God's glory isn't something we're chasing. God's glory is something that's come to dwell within us. If you centered your life on Jesus, you are now a bringer of God's glory. That God's goodness, compassion of mercy is being revealed to you. You're looking at yourself and thinking, really? Yes. 
Not even on the good days, not even on the days where you think, man, I was up for it on a Sunday morning, contributed, told someone about Jesus in the week. I prayed quite a lot, read my Bible. Woof, glory. No, no. Even on the moments where you feel like, man, I've just busted everything around me. And all I've got left is in God, really? I've done all of this and yet you still love me? Oh, yeah, that's because you're one who's still revealing his glory, his goodness, mercy, and compassion. But it's also going to be revealed one day through the renewing of everything. Habakkuk 2.14, the best verse ever. I said that every week, don't I? For the 2.14, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. This is such a massive promise, massive in the biggest words possible. Because what God says is that this earth isn't always going to be like this. One day it's going to be filled with his glory. We've just seen, haven't we? Glory doesn't mean, it's not that. Glory means it's going to be filled with his goodness, his mercy and his compassion. What does that look like? Revelation 21, 22. That's what it looks like. Revelation 21, 22. That is a renewed earth with heaven coming to kind of be present in it, with God there, everything there revealing his mercy, his compassion, his goodness. That's glory. And that's what the God, that's the Godhead, Father, Son, and Spirit has been continuously about. You see, what we reveal as we see this God who is the dance, this God of the dance is revealed as one who's active, one who's complete, one who's loving, one who's giving. I tell you what, if you can get hold of this and nothing else, suddenly you realise that the world can make sense. God who created everything didn't do it out of a sense of need. He didn't do it for, oh, for a bit lonely, create humanity. It's all gone wrong. No, no. Everything came out of the dance. Came out of this God who was complete within themselves. Community, loving, glorifying. This God who was completely seeking to share everything with one another was one. And was seeking to reveal glory. It's that God's goodness, compassion, mercy. Out of that place, God creates everything. That's a good story. And out of that place of creating everything, then it says, I want humanity, the pinnacle of that creation, to share in my goodness, mercy, and compassion. I want them to be drawn in to the relationship we've always known. I want them to know us. And then God would then show the whole of the Bible of his passion to pursue us in order that we get caught up in the dance that he's always been in. Which brings us to the ability that we get to join the dance. And Jesus says, I, I want you to know this dance. Isn't that we get to know it by spectating, or by saying, wow, this is pretty amazing. God, you are amazing. You who've always been glorifying one another, you who always are one, you who always kind of sharing one, everything with each other, you who kind of fill the whole world with glory that actually benefits me. I spectate on you and think, wow, you're amazing. No, it's that we get caught up in it. We get to know it by first-hand experience. This is why I suddenly start to speak faster because I cannot contain it. It just has to burst out because I think this is too good. Too good, Jesus. Surely your death and resurrection was enough. Causing me to know life eternal. Causing me to know that you are good. That I can know peace. I can know freedom from guilt and shame. And God says, oh no, it's not that. That's not all I call you to know. That's too small a thing. 
I cause you to know me. Father, Son, and Spirit, come and join me in the dance that we've always had. A dance that went on before creation, a dance that will go on throughout the new creation. Not that we go on and watch and think, wow, that's amazing. Not that we join in occasionally. No, no, we're now caught up in it. We now get caught up in lives that are continuously seeking to glorify God as he's glorifying you. Wow. God, Father, Son, and Spirit is seeking to glorify you. God is continuously longing to break into your day, to my day, and say, this is mine. This is the one I love with everything. And with them, I'm well pleased. God is the one who's wanting us to know that we now know oneness. We're one with him. We're fully known and accepted. There's nothing hidden of him from us and nothing hidden of us to him. He wants us to know that we now get to be joined with him forever. That God comes and shares all. This is the thing that blows my mind. What do I come to share with God who's got everything? Not much really, just myself. And God said, that's, that's fine, that's what I want. But for you, I share everything. Man, we're told that we're co-heirs with Christ. In other words, everything Jesus gets, we get. Just spend the next week contemplating that. What does Jesus get? Everything. What do you get? Everything. I wonder how we'll live differently this week, understanding that. Who cares about bank balance, house ownership, employment status, marital status, how well you're doing as a parent when you know God has everything for you? Wow. And then we get to work for glory. Just as his glory is being revealed to us, Jesus says, verse 18, that we're now being sent like he was. What was Jesus doing in the world? He was there to bring God's glory known. His mercy, his compassion, his goodness. You and I then get this great privilege of within the unique environments we're in to reveal God's goodness, mercy, and compassion. Wow. So we literally get to show it through how we live. We get to speak about it through how we live. And then, you know, the most fantastic thing is we then get to call others to come and know it for themselves, to taste and see that God is good. How are you doing on the dance? Do you, can we skip to the last song because I forgot my questions. Would you like to join this dance? Maybe you've, maybe you've never said, God, I see who you are. And I want to know you. I look and say, man, my life is not quite working with me just trying to be at the center of orbiting myself. Actually, I can see if I orbit you, I get to know something, something amazing. God, I want to join your dance. It's that simple. God, can I join the dance? And God says, yes, I've been waiting. And if we've already joined the dance, if we already say, yeah, I'm in relationship with God... How are we doing in enjoying the dance? How are we doing in daily coming along and saying, actually, I now get caught up in who you are, God, in relationship with you? And I'm using this phraseology because I think it just helps us. I used it last week. But it means that daily we're coming and we're pausing. And we're pausing because people often say, how does this look? And I think, well, it just looks like this. It's really simple, I think because I'm quite a simple person. It's like, throughout my day, I'm taking moments and pausing. And within that pause, what I'm saying is, God, I remember who you are. As Father, Son, and Spirit, I remember what you're about in glorifying, in being one, in sharing, and in your glory. 
And I remember in my pause that I get to centre, to centre on the fact that now I am in with you. Everything of how you've always been, I now get to enjoy with you. And so, God, I say, would I come in my centering of you saying, God, I want you to be in the centre and I'm going to keep orbiting you. And you're saying, yeah, but I'm orbiting you, Adrian. This is amazing. That God, in this amazing moment, I live in and I continue throughout my day. And I keep pausing throughout my day to keep taking that in. How are we doing and enjoying that? Can I pray for us? And then we're going to end. And then if you're a mum and you've got a kid upstairs, then uh, I think they really want to see you. So I'd really encourage you to go and get them. If you haven't, do you know what? Today is still an amazing day. I know that today, can I say a quick aside? I know today is a hard day for some. I know it's a hard day when maybe you've wanted children and you've not got one. And I know it's hard. I'm not going to pretend that. I don't think it's hard also when you've lost your mum. And do you know what? God knows that. And so yesterday is a moment where we honour our mums. And we thank them. But also it's a day where we allow God to come and meet with us where it's just tough. And I was to, can I just pray? You know, I just say that. God, I thank you so much that you are community. And you are complete within yourself. Father, Son and Spirit. And yet in your completeness, in your love, what you most want to do is share it. And cause the overflow of your love to be something each and every one of us enjoy. And I ask God, would you cause each of us to enjoy that love? I pray, God, would we understand that we've been caught up in a dance like no other. And I pray, God, that it would cause us to live differently this afternoon. I pray for those of us who know that we're in need at the moment, maybe particularly on this day of all days. I pray, would you come and would you draw so close? Allowing us to know that, God, you're the one who wants to bring life in us, who understands and who yearns for us to know the overflow of your love. And I pray for many others of us, God, that we would be those that taste continuously to see that you're good and share that with others. Amen.